0: A, a slow meandering affair he wants
1: to kick he's got to go now with Josh Kerr all right here's David Ribitch Josh Kerr David Ribitch Josh Kerr's for
0: real fastest C2 1500 meters Josh on Kerr on the way
1: outside way up front now is David Ribitch All right guys welcome back to another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast I'm your host David Ribitch
0: and i am your much cooler host josh Kerr. what's going on everyone you know much much anticipated from our end and hopefully your end as well podcast a lot's been going on first one in 2023 probably the first one in 2022 as well but we're back we're back in business we're the same two guys but we're back with two different brands. So, you know, this could be a, a completely different dynamic. We've got Dave over there. Just, I mean, wow. It's it, it, it's going to be a mixture between happy and sad today, I'm sure. Um, but today, however long that podcast says it's going to be, it's going to be a real roller coaster. So enjoy it. Hopefully all of your questions will be answered. And um, hopefully we have a good time along the way.
1: Let's just honestly kind of go chronological and kind of the events on everything that's transpired since our last episode, which I'm pretty sure our last episode was in May of 2022. Nice um, and so when you're looking at Josh and I, we're not going to do any edits. We're not going to do any um cuts or splices. We're just going to full send an unedited, real transparent uh, episode for you guys. Um, we know that's what you guys like to listen to, um, and so we're just going to make sure that you guys have some company and some banter to, uh, to keep your legs moving and your your lungs working when you laugh about probably some of the, the BS Josh is going to sling my way towards uh, the latter half of this episode, but. Let's just go ahead and start in uh, May of 2022. We'll take you back. It was a time when David Rivich and Josh Kerr were gearing up for a 5,000-meter race, and Jakob Ingebrigtsen says that he's (laughs) going to be in the race with us. And what did we decide to do? Challenge two 10-man elite athletes to a 2v2. Once we were rightfully dug our own grave and buried under six feet of depression, we went ahead and never uh, saw the light of day. Uh, I ended up running like 14 minutes in the 5K josh uh got outleaned by a teammate the better brooks beast probably the best brooks beast that they have now um right. so <laughs> so since then um josh let's just start it off in may what what, what was with may
0: may man you know I, I i mean i haven't spoken about really the 5k just you know i had a couple of issues with that um kind of leading into that but again like you said when you put a britson in that field you're not gonna shy away from that competition so we knew it was going to be one of the kind of faster and best 5k's of the year just with the the field that assembled And, and the boys just didn't really have have what it took to step up to that kind of that level on the day which was sad but you know we move on and you know we we try different things but may was yeah may was a long month and so I think that was kind of the start of like I like how we go I like how you said that uh we decided to challenge Tim man i don't think that was really a discussion with josh yeah like well worst case scenario you know one of us has a bad day and the other one beats at least one of them that was not the case worst case (laughs) scenario was that me and dave both had a terrible day and got absolutely you know taken out but you know that's that's all part of the game 5k's are 5k's are long um and and they're pretty rough, especially when you're not ready to go for them. So that was, yeah, May was an interesting month. And we haven't podcasted since May? Since May. Jesus.
1: Yeah. yeah. I know we've we've, um, we've really let, I think, the viewers and the fans down. But um just something to kind of add on to that where there, there's some real reasons why May put a big pause on the podcast. And it's like I've really enjoyed podcasting and I've really enjoyed being able to schedule and structure a I guess a career around this business that you and I have created Josh. Um, But to be very transparent, because I think this whole episode will be transparent if we are going in chronological order from May until January. May was like the first realization that I thought I had where I was like, okay, I need to figure my shit out. Like I just ran a time that I'm not proud of. I could have ran this time in practice nearly like something's going on. Something's not working for me. And so that was the first time that I had to kind of look in the mirror and think, okay, like, do I want my career to be defined as talking about other people's careers or do I want my career to be defined by the successes that I have on the track? And so that was where I really had to put myself out there and think, okay, my number one focus and your number one focus, especially leading into the world championships was we need to do our job on the track. And so we put a big pause on the podcast um, in May and we just started really trying to focus on our own athletic careers to um, let that kind of transcend anything that we're trying to build in a podcast scenario because as much fun as this is we get we get paid to, to compete we get paid to win so we weren't able to do that um, and then let's just roll into June I failed to make the USA final um, in the 1500 I think I ran like 338 339 low uh, um, but I put myself into a position to make a move um, the move didn't work didn't stick and then I was knocked out the first round. And so it was a repeat of 2019 for me, my first year out with the team, where I was like, just something wasn't clicking. And so I um, just told Danny it wasn't it. And and so it was like a, a, weird, a weird build after USA's to me wanting to compete even further uh, and compete more often, even though I've been getting my ass kicked as of late in those races in May, June, even April and March um in february (laughs) in january um i told danny that i was like i I gotta keep racing even though like i'm it's not sticking i gotta keep racing because i gotta figure this out and so um then i was able to build my own schedule after usa's and and piece together a decent enough july to run a pb but um let's talk about your june joshua and back home um ran at the championships
0: yeah i think you know going back to um us not kind of bringing an episode out when things are rocky in anything that you're doing, you kind of cut away the fat, you trim away the fat, the distractions, same way of like, you know, you're, you're leading up to something big. You, you know, you maybe hone in on your diet a bit more. You maybe get more sleep. You maybe, you know, train a little bit harder. You do these things, but when things are kind of hitting the fan a little bit, you start. Yeah. Trimming the fat. And so the podcast was a bit fat. Like it was just, it was like an unnecessary expense. Um, for both of us where neither the the year wasn't going really that well for either of us and it was like the first thing to cut off of like okay I don't think this is gonna help the year by continuing to do this. And you know maybe that's not the best you know that's not the best way to get content. Like being able to podcast through the shit is probably a bit more real. But I think what's the most real is actually knowing that we're not doing this as a career. We're doing this to you know, bring light into careers and, and ho- hopefully have a bit of fun and, you know, make new friends and and hopefully create good content. But, yeah, that was pretty much what happened. Like, that straw in May, like, you know, I had some injury problems. Dave, you know, was going through some things. It was like, you know, this isn't this isn't going to continue uh, until we figure our shit out. Um, and then, yeah, I went back for British Champs and I knew I was in a little bit of trouble <clears throat> and I didn't race it particularly well but i got beaten by the better athletes on the day and um the thing about british champs i think what's the most interesting is it's so different being there than watching it like it's always incredibly windy and so we'll never have a fast british championship ever it's like always blown a gale and we'll have our first round um on friday night or saturday night sorry um, say like four or five p.m and then we'll have the next round the next morning at like two p.m., three p.m. So there's like less than twenty four hours in between, and um, it's like the least, it's like the least professional thing. It's kind of crazy. Not in a way like British Athletics makes it not very professional, but there's not many people there. Like it's not like you're trying to make a world team or an Olympic team. It's not got the hype around it like USA's does. It's more along the lines of you go there and it feels a bit more like a club championships. I don't know. I, I like it that way, but like you get there and then you get like within like 90 minutes, you get told what like section you're in. And there's like a 25, 30 minute difference between what section you're in. So some people are warming up and then they get told they're in the third section. And so they're like, oh, I need to stop warming up. I need to wait a little bit or I need to like go. And so it's a it's a weird dynamic that way, trying to give a bit of insight. Um, And then the final was, good I wasn't really all that sharp like sharp enough for it I missed a couple things but I just I made some tactical errors and then you know Whiteman obviously showed showed how how well his year was going to continue to go Um, I think at British Champs you're always going to find whoever wins that is going to be unless something crazy happens between that and the major you're going to find at at least a top five performance Um, from from the winner of that I was able to just outdip um jake hayward to to make the team but yeah that was definitely a don't take anything for granted situation and and i really didn't i knew i would have to fight i knew it wasn't going to be pretty and i knew it was going to be you know just dogging it the last 50 but that's just sometimes how it's going to be and you gotta swallow your pride a little bit even as you know an olympic medalist you've got to go you know sometimes it's not always going to go as easy as as it should on paper, um, you know, Gurley was in, in great shape. He ran an awesome 800 coming into that too. So I knew we were going to be, we were going to be pretty close. And so I was happy. I was able to get top three there, but that was, that was a hard championships It's always incredibly intense. I kind of love it. Um, cause I just love racing. And so when I go there, I just have a really good time, but it's extremely tiring for sure.
1: The UK champs aren't getting any easier either like you guys are continuously adding another no. 333, another 334 guy. Um, and when you look yeah. at the the caliber of that race too, the, like you said, like the year was set up for Jake to succeed. And if you look all the way back to 2019, you could probably even go back further. But in 2019, um, Jake didn't win the uh, title. Did he, Neil Girtley no. won the title in 2019, yeah. but Jake got fourth at the world championships. And then you win 2021 and you get bronze and then Jake wins the British trials and then wins the world. like, yeah, I would absolutely agree that if you're in British champs winning state, then you're likely gonna be a medal contender. Um, and if you guys really want to go back in into the month of June and watch Josh absolutely dogfight the last 50, full swim, full send, but like <laughs> you can see that you absolutely dug to to the deepest to just make sure you secured a spot on that team. Do you think had you gotten fourth, you would have been selected or no?
0: It's a great question. Um if you don't know the 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 third spot in the u k. is up for discretion. Like they're able to kind of pick who they want, like if someone's technically, if someone's not at the championships or something like that or someone's got food poisoning or there's an injury or something along those lines. um I don't know. I, there's rumors that yes, um, but I have I wouldn't like I was never involved in any decisions or conversations outside of like, come be top 3 and you'll go. Like that's just I knew that if I was third I'd go. If it was fourth it would be hopefully a conversation, but <clears throat> Hayward is so good that it wouldn't have been a bad decision for them to take him. Yeah. In any way shape or form, and I would have felt extremely extremely guilty if they took me at fourth. Uh, extreme and that's why I felt like that cuz I could have if I thought already or already had that conversation of like, "Oh, you know, they're going to take me anyway." like I probably wouldn't have fought that hard. Like yeah. I, I knew that there was only one way of me guaranteeing a spot on the team. I knew they wouldn't pick Hayward from behind me. um, because I truly believe that if it was anyone, they shouldn't pick a fourth place. If it's, you know, if you've run the qualifying time and you're top three at the British trials, I think you deserve to go. Like, I think yeah. you have the right. Cause it's so difficult to do it is yeah like for someone new coming in to run now sub 333 and then be top three at the trials you should go 100 yeah. percent. and that's just across the board and we'll have loads of people like that coming up and there's going to be difficult decisions for British Athletics. but in a deep event like the 1500 you've got to take the people on farm and the people who can turn up on the day and i nearly didn't turn up on that day and that was nearly the end of my major season and that's you know, maybe I wouldn't have ended up being fifth in the world, and maybe Hayward would have done better or worse. You don't know because it didn't happen. And so, yeah, exactly. We're just I just gotta keep showing up. Yeah, yeah, I just gotta keep showing up at um worlds and Olympics, and and hopefully gather more medals and win one and win another, and and just do do what I can to bring medals home to to the UK because that's the point of you getting put on a team. But yeah, it's I'm glad I got third and not fourth because that would have not only pissed me off, it would have pissed a lot of people off as well. Um, and myself and Hayward are good friends. And so I think that would have that would have been a real shame. Um, because it's tough to turn down a spot you're offered, but also real tough to to take yeah. a spot off someone who rightfully deserves it too.
1: Well, your last three major championships outdoor with your third place, your sixth place, and your fifth place from 2019, you averaged a four point six place in the world. That's not what the rankings would say, but we know, we know the rankings, and we know how much bullocks that can be at times, depending on who's in what race and where it is, um, but that yeah. was June. Um, June was a rocky domestic championship for the pair of us, but um, when we went into July, I'd still say that we equally showed promise. Um, went down to, I ran a few races domestically here in the U.S., ran Stumptown, finished like third in a race ran like 3:38 felt really good the next weekend went down to um LA ran 3:35 uh ran a second PB finished like fifth in that race lost to guys that I'd never really beaten before but I beat guys that I'd never beaten before so I kind of fit right into the middle of that pack I wanted to win it wanted to be further up but um it showed a lot of promise that like even though I was going through some some hard stuff mentally like physically everything was there um and I think some of that came from me making the active decision to kind of step away from the team a little bit, um, and train relatively alone and keep pressing on from USAs until that race. Cause I raced USAs. And then the next weekend I went to Yakima and ran the Yakima road mile. Then the next weekend I went to Portland and I ran the Sumptown race. And then the next weekend I went down to LA and ran the 15 again. So, um, I think me kind of taking a little bit more ownership and control of that, um, led to the successes that I had. And then from that, I was able to just springboard a good month of training um, through the entire month of July and then go on um, to run a race and finish third in a race in at Falmouth, which, again, third place isn't great, but showed some, some competitive spirit after a month of training, um, just putting in good work. But the highlight of my July was running a PB, then flying home the that night, and then getting on an early morning flight to Eugene, first class of Delta, and going to watch Mr. Joshua Kerr uh, down there in Eugene, which was a, a real good lap, got to wear a a newspaper boy hat and hang out with Josh's family for the week.
0: Yeah, that was that was a fun time. Um, to di- dive into your races a little bit, you you said that you took a step back from the team, and that's why you find a little bit of success. You think? <laughs> Talk to me more about that.
1: Um, I think I was just, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, like we'd be able to dive even deeper into that through the fall training because you know where I was in the fall. But even in the early summer. Um, I know after everyone had a disappointing USA championships, I mean, no, no, once again, no Americans made a world championship team. So everyone coming off of it was a little bit disappointed and upset in their own right. Um, rightfully so everybody has incredibly high aspirations and has a high drive to succeed. And when those things do fall short, it's, it's a little bit of a setback. And so when I made the decision to continue to press on with my season, um, it was surely out of the fact that I wanted to keep going. And I felt as though there's an overall mood. And I think I um maybe sent you a message at one point. It's like a, a cloud on a sunny day. Like I wanna keep sunny days rolling. I want to keep good vibes going. And um when I was able to just train alone and piece together good workouts um from the time of USA's to July, like Danny's or I guess the, the race in LA, I I was still getting written workouts by Danny. Um, but I kind of got to set my own schedule, set my own paces. I was I would run the workout pretty much to a T, but I had to do it. Like I had to get out the door. I had to run the reps. I had to run the paces. And then I think a lot of it kind of came to me of like, Oh, wow, I'm doing this. Now, when it comes to a race, I have to do it on the day. I can't rely on the training. I can't rely on me crossing off and dotting all my T's and eyes and checking all the boxes because it's like on the day, you have to be able to show up and you have to be able to, to push yourself and succeed and be in the right state of mind. And, I felt like from USA's failing to make the final to the time that I PR'd, I actively was making decisions for my career of like, okay, you're in the driver's seat now and you're not in the passenger seat. And I'm not trying to use metaphors or analogies, but when I made the move in the, in the first round of USA's, I should be able to make that move and succeed and, and make the next round. Um, I'm not really sure where the wheels fell, fell off, but I made an active decision and I made an active mood move and I wasn't passive. Like, I had intention. I had purpose, and that one move I might not have made the final with it, but I I, I had a direct um outcome to the race. And I had a direct outcome to competitors, and I I knew what I needed to run going into the um, heat. And I was like, okay, Cole Hawker ran three thirty nine five or whatever. I need to make sure that everyone gets run faster than that for the best chances of me and the best chances of Henry, uh, because when I saw his. Cole Hawker not make it at 339.5, I was like, all right, let's knock them out. Let's not make them go through. And he didn't go through. And so I felt like when I stepped away from the team, it just allowed me to focus on myself, focus on my own schedule, my own racing, my own mindset. Um, And I built a little summer campaign out of it. And that was fun. And I mean, when I came back down to Eugene, um, I felt different. I even said some different things. I was a little, not arrogant or cocky, but a little bit more confident in the way that I presented myself because... That that was the truth of it. I was like, yeah, I'm the only guy that's PR. Like I'm, I've am ran 335. I've showed promise. Like I just felt really confident in who I was. And I think that just came with me kind of finding myself a little bit more through the summer. So
0: when you're saying you have to do stuff and you have to run the reps and, and get there, are you saying that you you think you became like mentally lazy because things were just in front of you?
1: Um, I mean, and this is a bigger picture. This isn't even June, July. This is likely more so my entire duration with Brooks. Um, I think that for me, when I think about working out, and I think about where my headspace was at, and kind of what I was aiming for, when I look back and I think about like what like when we did our team activity of like what word best describes you. What, word, what 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 do people appreciate you professionally what do people appreciate about you personally? A lot of my professional appreciations came from like you're the cohesion, you're the glue you're the guy that can work in this group, work in that group you're a friend with everyone, you're this, you're that like I felt like when I was, when I heard that, my biggest takeaway as flattering as it was, my biggest takeaway from that was I'm giving myself a lot to a lot of people and I'm not giving myself a lot to me. And I think that that sacrifice that I was making for the better of the group um, was at the cost of my own well being and the cost of my own performance. And when I think about those workouts that I was able to do in July alone, building into my PR, it was like I was doing that for me. And I was doing that because I wanted to succeed and I wanted to win. And I think at times I just gave myself too much away and I didn't have enough in reserve to be able to take care of myself mentally or physically. Like I, I mean, you know, you know how I operate, you know, how I work, you and I would be able to hit workouts every single day. And it's not like I felt like I was getting taken advantage of. Um, I just think I lost sight of my overall goals and ambitions in this sport. And it's like, I want to be the best. And that's what I went into college with. That's what I signed a contract to. And I think I was complacent and I guess you could put, yeah, I was a bit lazy in in the way that I approached races, not in training, training. I was perfect. I I rarely missed a day, rarely missed a mile. You and I would always be able to handle reps with one another for the longer aerobic things. You you'd catch me a little bit on the speed and and drop me, but um, I did everything to a T except for form. And I think that comes from internal stuff that can't be external. I have to find that myself. Um, and so training alone allowed me to do that because when I was doing uh, a rep, I vividly remember it. It was like a, just a, a third 400 of my four rep series. That was a 60 second recovery. I asked Drew who had a stopwatch at the time for me. I was like, what, what should I do here? And he's like, run this third rep. Like it's the third lap of your 15. Like don't sprint this rep. Don't close it short. Like run 410 meters, just really through this, be strong, be powerful, stay upright. And then I focused like it was the third rep or the the third lap of the rep. And I ran 57.5. And then a week later, when I went down to LA, the third lap of the 15 was the best lap that I had that whole race, because I put myself in a position to be able to have a good last 300. And it was because I was able to actually replicate that. And so I think, yeah, there was a bit of mental laziness when it came to me working out and going through the motions and assuming that because I this amount, because I ran this many miles, because I'm following nutrition plan, because I'm following my supplements, because I'm following every workout to a T. I thought because I did all that, racing would take care of itself. And it's, it's very different um, than that. And you know that. It's like you can recover as, as hard as you want. And I think you and I did a great job recovering. But if you don't show up on the day, every, if, if one person wants it more than you, they're going to beat you. And so that's what I needed to find was that hunger. Um, and I was able to find that through the summer and run a PB out of it. so that that's kind of where I was trying to find myself
0: so so when you and Danny had that conversation of like you wanting to continue your season to 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 figure out what you know what was going wrong and and how to get better, was there ever an inkling in your head that like I have to you know my contract's up, and I have to have I have to prove myself because at that point you hadn't run a PB. Mm-hmm. and you know you'd had a rocky season was there a part of you that wanted to kind of show your worth and was there ever anything that crept into your head about like your the
1: finishing of your contract and then the the renegotiation of that for sure for sure um that was that was a big incentive for me um that was a big motivator for me because i even told danny like i have to get reps in like i have to get um I have to get repetition in of races because if you were to look at my races as it stood, if you if let's say I stopped racing after USA's and I use that that race as my final race to go into a negotiation standpoint, I ran poor flat altitude, good. D- didn't really come of anything from it. And then I ran eight minutes for 3K, bad. 355 for a mile, good. 341 for 15, bad. 1357, bad. 13.44, bad, didn't make the final, bad. And I felt as though my back was a bit against the wall. It's like when you look at it, and we've used the analogy before, I think, where like if you're in a business setting and you have six presentations and you only ace one of those presentations or two of those presentations to your executive group on pitches, you have a two out of six success rate. It's not a good success rate. So the days that I needed to present myself, present the brand, present all the hard work that I've been doing, I, I, I wasn't able to. And so- I could go back in the text threads. I didn't really have the open discussion. I don't think I had the open discussion with Danny about wanting to race for my contract. I might have very well told him that, like, hey, I need I need this because I can't be, like, this is an option here for me. But I, I know if I were to go back and look at text with my agent, um, Howie, I told him, like, hey, I like keep pushing my name forward for races here in Europe. Like, I'm racing right now for my contract with Brooks or a contract elsewhere. That's That's really what I said like I don't know what's going to come of it but like I'm racing for myself at this point like I really need to put something up and the 335 I thought was good enough to be able to put myself up um but I was it but it wasn't
0: so so when you know when you got that phone call and you when you know you had that discussion with Brooks was this a mutual decision was this like did they was it them or was it you
1: yeah i mean and, and i'm sure you, I'm sure you're asking this too, because it's like, I've been very, I've been very vague um, and ambiguous about my wording for, for on purpose. Um, If you were to go to my social, it just, it'd mean that I'm like not on the Brooks team. Um, And that's, that's the main reason i try to be pretty, pretty cryptic I would say in in my wording, because I'd want to make sure that like, if anyone were to hear anything on my behalf, it'd be on our podcast. I wouldn't want it to be over a caption. I wouldn't want it to be, um, and we're we're still skipping your World Championships, Commonwealth, Diamond League, Josh. We're jumping right deeper oh, into my stuff. I don't, that's not yeah. why people came here. Yeah, <laughs> they came here for the Oakley sponsorship. I think. Oh wait, what? We'll what? Sideways portrait view. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So the decision. I w- I w- I would say this. Um, the decision to leave Brooks wasn't mine. The decision. The decision was made for me. Once that decision was made, it was pretty clear cut that I knew I needed to do. It wasn't, it wasn't a shock or it wasn't a, um. What's the word like? I didn't feel very deterred because deep down I'd already been thinking about it. Um, since May, I mean, like I think you and I had spoken, like in March, I had a conversation with my sports psych. Like, I might, might have even told that story here, but like. I said, like, I don't know how much longer I want to be in the sport. And then over the course of those six months, when I was able to train alone and kind of find myself a bit, that really turned into, I don't know how much I want to do with the team. And I think that was just me being ab- emotionally exhausted from the process of it all. And so, yeah, when the decision was made for me in September, I, I was notified that my contract wasn't getting renewed. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be surrounded by really close friends and um, In Utah, I was staying with my best friend from high school, Josh, and I were hitting it off playing golf the whole time. Um, I mean, Josh gives me a call like, "Hey, uh, my meeting got canceled. Do you want to hang out?" And I go, "Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, here's the scoop on my life. You just break the news to him right there. Um, It it came as a surprise, only from it being the first conversation I got to have um, on my behalf, and the decision. It was like the decision was final. It was made. It was clear cut. It was done." If it would have come to that conclusion in four or five conversations, I think I would have been better. Um, I would have felt better about it, um, but I wasn't shocked by it because it's, it's the same thing. I can't be naive to think that this is not a business because it is. You have a guy presenting, and he's doing two out of six of his presentations well, and four of those six presentations are very, very bad. So who who – who do you want to invest in someone that can only land 30% of their, their presentations or their, I guess you could, I don't even have to use the analogy. You want you want to represent it. You want to have an athlete represent you that can only ace two out of six, not even ace run well enough A's or B's. Um, yeah. It's a bummer and it's sad because I kind of felt like I was finding my footing a bit in my own confidence, but by no means am I upset or by no means do I wish I was still with Brooks, to be honest even through the fall when I wasn't sure where I was, I I felt like even though I had nothing at the time in October, um, I still felt like I was moving forward.
0: I think it shows that that's like you were with Brooks for four years and there was plenty of ups and there was plenty of downs. And it just shows that you have to be in the right setting for yourself. It can be the best team in the world or it can be the worst team in the world. And if it doesn't suit, what works for you or you can't adapt to the, the way that things are done. Like it, it just doesn't always work out the best way. Do you think there's anything that you could have done differently to find success under Brooks and Danny as a coach?
1: I don't know. I don't know if I want to get wrapped into the game of could have, should have, would have. But I think, I think caring less on every single day and caring more about races would have served me well. I, I think that I put a lot of emotional and physical investment into seven days of the week. Um, and it wasn't until the summer that I really only invested in two days a week, which was workout days. I relaxed. I I mean, like we even look back in September of 2019, like, you you know, how, how um routine and disciplined I can get where it comes to like, I don't really quote unquote have fun. Like I'm not really much of a drinker or partyer or whatever, but like I ran a 800 PB with you in Albuquerque in September of 2019, and two nights before I was pretty twatted in a barbecue. Like it was, it was one of those things where um, I was relaxed, I was comfortable, I was happy, and I think that for me, I think I got over the course of the four years. If I were to just go back, um, I think I would have. Uh, I would. I should have relaxed a bit more. I should have been more confident in myself. Because um, the times that I was confident was the times that I was the happiest and I was having the most fun, and those two things do go hand in hand. So, yeah, I would just say that. I think
0: you know, from my point of view, like the actual training aspect and and you know, you and Danny's relationship is was very strong, and I think it suited you well. Like I do think mm-hmm. the sessions, like the way that you were training you looked and you embodied an elite athlete. Like, I think it was just, like you said, the way that you approach training and the kind of non, even the nonchalant way of like, you're really good at this. And if you approach the racing the same way you approach the training, I'm sure you would have find found, you know, higher places and faster times. I yeah. just think that sometimes a change up and and something a little bit different can really changed the perspective on what you're doing and you know maybe yeah maybe you got a bit comfortable or maybe something wasn't working out and it just wasn't meant for you and that's really sad because everyone there wanted you there and even you want yourself there maybe not at the end but you know during the highs and the lows like that was your team like we were your team and that's like that's hard to to let like go off like four years in, because like, as much as it is a business, like it's, it's still f- the facilitation of, of someone's dreams and goals. And when you put a group together of people like the beasts, where we're an honest, hardworking group of people that can look each other in the eye and go, you know, we're doing this. We're doing this the right way. And the results will come either um, good or bad, but we know that we can, you know, sleep well at night. It's it's kind of a brotherhood and a, a family that it's difficult to turn back on, and you know that's that's always the hard always the hard part when pen doesn't go to paper. Um, when renegotiations happen, um, from a from a team aspect, like we lost a lot of people this year from like a tenure standpoint, and also just you know, I guess, um, just the recycling of of athletes, like just the the way that you know, this world lives and works. So it's, it's hard. It's, it's like, it was a hard year this year for, especially the fall, the whole new, whole new group. It's, it's a whole different dynamic.
1: Yeah. And that's the tough part about it too. It's just like, when I look back at the time, like my best memories, truly the best memories that I had were other people's breakthroughs. Like watch, watching you and succeed, watching Henry run 351, you get an Olympic medal, Ali break 15 for the first time like Marta make the semi semifinal final in Tokyo, Brandon make the world team in 2019 off of Donovan winning the um, diamond league championships, um, bringing in Isaiah, like all these things, like Nia running sub two, that was wicked. Like it could go on and on and on about just, it is a sense of family. And it was a sense of sense of camaraderie. And like, I don't ever want to, f- I don't want to feel bad about where my career was, because of the memories and the friendships that I was able to create like shit, Josh, you're in my wedding. We're like if it took four years to build a friendship for you to be in my wedding, it was definitely worth it. Yeah. Pathetic career or not. Like you and I obviously physically aren't as close as we were because we don't train together anymore. I don't know what you're up to. You don't know what I'm up to. Um, but even just seeing you and your goofy glasses, um, you know they're not as good as Nike glasses, but just seeing you how you are now—such
0: a lie! That is such a barefaced lie, and you know it. You've worn Oakleys. You bought Oakleys. I'm going to say this, and you can't cut it out. David <laughs> Ribich bought a pair of Oakleys on his own without without even using my discount because I hadn't got the discount yet. He bought them on his own, so don't even listen to that now. You don't even eat that up because you know it's <laughs> was, a bareface lie.
1: That was a different year, different me, I guess. That um, was months ago.
0: Mere months ago. Months.
1: <laughs> January 1 turned me into a new man. Um, Yeah, but it's unfortunate that my career um, panned out the way that it did with Brooks. Um, But by no means am I regretful. Do I wish I would have changed anything because the friendships were there. And, like, there, there was a real aspect that I thrived under, the camaraderie, the friendships, all of it. It was good. Like, my life started there. It really did. Like, I came out of college, and I went into a very core, good, accepting group. And I was able to work under it. I was able to still succeed under it. Running like running 1326 and 335 still shows promise and it still yeah. showed improvement. It's not where I want to be. It's not where Brooks wanted me to be. And I get that. But the relationship that I was able to build with Danny, um, the relationship that I was able to build with you and the other athletes, like that was worth it in itself. Um, now on a start line, I gotta put those friendships behind me and kick your guys' ass. And I'm I'm actually looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to racing up. If I get beat, it's because I got beat by a better man on a better day. But like I am but before it wasn't. <laughs> before it wasn't. But see, that's the weird thing. If I lost to a teammate, it felt a bit weird. Here yeah. now, I kind of like this. I like the environment. I like the intensity. Like this is actually a better balance. And so when it comes to seeing the same guys on the start line with you guys in your neon kits, I can, I guess I can talk about the neon kits now. Oh man, I saw my single. This will look sweet. But that single only look sweet if I'm in the front. So.
0: Listen, I know that they gave you like the bottom of the box XXL for that <laughs> announcement. All right. But I don't want to see you even getting too big for your boots. All right. Oh,
1: uh, I, I won't. I won't. Did you like that video though?
0: I had Dave written all over it. Yeah.
1: Who took uh, the video? Uh, it's our media guy.
0: Oh, it's our media guy. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Look at him smiling.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You are yeah. a media guy, do you? Who's that? You got a
1: media guy. I can't. Don't worry about it. He's a media guy. His
0: name's Jeet Pullian
1: um but josh let's talk about you let's talk about your fall a little bit too um you you went through a bit of a different training regime this fall um you know you came back into tokyo got your ass handed to you by me uh you went into last fall you're in a little bit better shape but this go around you were able to come out and knock a bit of a half half marathon out of the park and surprise some people let's talk about that build up in anticipation
0: yeah it kind of came around very organically um we were gonna we always like to like end with with um, like a time trial in the end of the fall or, you know, some sort of like race or something to kind of have a a cap to the end of the of fall training and, and the start of kind of getting ready for indoors. So, you know, cross was getting thrown around, um, but I, I wasn't always convinced by that. Um, I don't know. There, it just seemed too short, which sounds kind of crazy. Um, it was an 8K and then, the, the big kind of change that I did this year with training was uh, my long runs were just a bit longer and a bit harder. Um, I really pushed those um, week in, week out. And, you know, I obviously was in in Seattle for the fall. And, you know, we, we were there from start of October till, you know, mid to late December. And I was, you know, my fiance obviously lives in, in Albuquerque. So I was living on my own, just putting good mileage in, just really focused um, versus last year, which was um, very distracted some would say um yeah. I had a tough time getting back in the swing of things but yeah I was very motivated this year obviously a, a, a not a negative end to the year but um not getting any kind of silverware away from a year is is difficult uh you don't really have anything to hold on to and obviously there was some complications at the end of my year as well um but no one really cares about that I don't really care about that just it's just the way things go. So yeah, worked really hard on the long runs. It kind of came organically from like me shit talking our assistant coach, um, <laughs> who's around two sixteen in the marathon, and I was I was just telling him that I could I'm better than him in long runs, and so we kind of battled one day, and then you know that kind of kept happening week in week out. Um, I, it wasn't crazy long, like seven sixteen seventeen mile long runs, um, pushing pretty hard. And then, you know, we got closer to cross and we'd been doing a lot of longer tempo stuff as well. And I was starting to feel really good. And I was like, well, why don't we find something a bit longer on the roads, so like like a 10K or like, I don't know, like a 10 miler or something. And there wasn't really anything like super um, like competitive. My big goal with this, w- with it was I shouldn't go there with the expectation of winning it. Cause I wanted to go and just work extremely hard and push my body really hard. And that you can't do that really. If you're winning a race, you can't push as much as if you're surrounded by athletes and you're trying to beat people. So I wanted to find a real weakness of mine. So we were looking for a 10 miler and then it just kind of threw up, like <clears throat> threw up the, <clears throat> there was a half. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, the, um, and in like initially I was, I jumped on, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, this was like a 45 minute conversation. I was in the car driving, um, back during, for Thanksgiving. And, uh, it was like our assistant coach, Danny and me, and we were just chatting, chatting, chatting. And then the half got thrown, thrown up. I was like, yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a really fun idea. And it ended up being, and um, the the San Diego holiday half. Uh, our assistant coach had ran it before he said it was a good course it, I, it like it wasn't certified it wasn't like a legal course because there was too much downhill or something it was like a net downhill and so he was like it's a fast course it's normally won in like 62 and so that would obviously be like a really lofty goal to win it for your first ever half and so let's let's aim for this and so we did and we were probably four weeks out at that point and uh yeah we just kind of yeah about four weeks out And then we went for it. It was the most fun race I've ever ran, Hmm. bar none. It was crazy. You liked it. It was so good. It was like, um, I had a goal of, I didn't really have many goals. Um, My goals were a lot loftier than what Danny's were. Um, He was just very conservative because as a miler, you obviously don't want to go out too fast. So he's like, I I was able to convince him down to like go out at five flat. And if I feel good, drop it down. I went out a little bit faster than that, but um, yeah, that was just kind of the goal was to go out and get a hard effort in and we were going to try and run something longer tempo wise anyway. So why not? And uh, there was a good, it was a good feel together. And uh, in the first mile completely broke apart and I got, um, I was, I had to make a decision in mile two to be like, okay, I either have to slow down and run my own or, run 450s and run with these two um Mexican guys who didn't speak a lick of English and because we were talking quite a bit but did not understand each other (laughs) and so I was like okay I'm just going to send it because I told Danny that was plan b I was like plan b is I'm going to send it and um so I was like okay I felt amazing I felt so good and um yeah, I was able to take gels on and stuff, and that was really fun. And um yeah, just worked hard. Felt felt awesome and, and was able to finish in sixty-three forty-four. It was thirteen point two miles. So I had it, I had me at Ooh. sixty I had, I had me at sixty-three like ten or something. But okay. Anyways,
1: that That's the funniest thing about that is it was so shocking to the outside world. Holy shit, Josh Kerr just ran sixty-three minutes for thirteen point one miles. But like on the inside and it's been on the radar pretty much this entire fall but it was just funny because it was just like it wasn't broadcasted it wasn't something that was like it wasn't a sound running cross-country meet it wasn't had no hype it had no anticipation like you said you got to go there with no pressure and have some fun and you did and you ended up running a pretty wicked time um is it would you could you see yourself going on to half marathon marathons or is that just a totally different behemoth
0: which i'm sure you've been asked before i was having this conversation today I'll tell you, I'll describe this in a way that is probably the best way to describe it, but it's never a situation that's ever happened to me, right? So, David, you're happily engaged and you're getting ready to get married.
1: Is this a trick question?
0: Or I'm not allowed to say when it is, but it's... September.
1: Oh, you can say September.
0: September, okay.
1: <laughs> we can't edit. And Check the save the dates. You guys should be getting it soon.
0: <laughs> that sounds good. And one night I drag you out and you're like, oh, I don't want to go out. And I'm like, oh, it'll be fun. You're like, oh, yeah, fair enough. It'll be fun. And we go to the strip club.
1: Oh, right. Ooh.
0: And there's a girl there and she's like, she's doing it, man. She's like doing some things for you. And Ooh, okay. she's, you bought a couple lap dances and then it's getting a bit serious. And we go home, right? Life goes on. You go back to your missus and you're having a good time. You're planning for your wedding and it's great. But all you can think about is the next time you can go to the strip club. (laughs) The next time you can see that girl. And you just want one more night with her. See how it goes. And you just want to be like, I wonder where this is going to go. You know, like, it's not that I don't love Olivia. It's that (laughs) like, there's just this inkling that this would be really fun for another night and so that's what the half is to me i'm thinking about it a lot okay but obviously there's a job at hand here which is getting married which is technically getting married but also is to win a world championship
1: you know know, josh that was probably one of the best analogies i didn't really know where you're going with it probably one of the best analogies you've ever put together which i can tell you put some thought into it because it was well delivered and well you know i didn't i didn't know if you know, me and her, we're going to be able to, you know, move to second or first base, you know, maybe we exchanged numbers, gave a kiss, but yeah. that's cool. That's cool that you got to flirt with it, kind of see yourself with it and want mm-hmm. to know where you go next. Um, But you're right. You do have a job to do, but the roads will always be waiting for you. Um, yeah. I know a lot of athletes. Um, I'm not going to use any names specifically because I don't make it sound like I'm talking bad about their career, but um, they talk, I, I asked people that have transitioned to the roads and they say, I wish I would have done it sooner. Yeah, Because roads are always seen as like, oh, when you're done with your track career, you go to the roads. But you can make a pretty seamless transition while you're still being competitive on the track and just translate it to the roads. Yeah. You just have to make sure you do it in the right way. And you being able to just like dip your toe in there and run 63 minutes is is one of those things that makes people think like, like I even have been approached by, you know, can't say if they're my current teammates or not, you know. My um, like cool new cool current teammates. Like, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. You no. Know, Cool, 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 cool new teammates. Um, like, holy shit, Josh ran 62 for the half. And now I'm like this guy that knows you that they want to know more about. And I'm like, it's fucking crazy. Like, I've always seen him as a as a speed guy. I'm like, no, not a speed guy.
0: Never been you know? a speed guy.
1: Never been a speed guy. He's always been a strength guy. But the thing is, you could still dip your toe in and run with the eight boys on our team. Or you could push yourself all the way up and run with the half marathon marathon group. So it's like, it's one of those cool things, Josh, where I'm not going to toot your horn because you're not my teammate anymore. I have to pummel you. First, I have to see you on, in a race. But um, are you what race? Are you, are you doing lilac? No, you Come can't on. pay
0: me to do that though.
1: What if can I pay you to do that? Pete did. Pete did. Okay, I'll I'll see if I know. I, I don't know. Um, so. No,
0: I'm not doing that. I'm doing a pretty low key indoor. Um, I would have run. I would have enjoyed to do lilac. Lila. It was fun last year. It's a good crowd and it's a really good track. Um, so I'm just joking. But no, I'm running Murros three k. Uh, because I ain't pacing those boys for anything quick, in, the, in mile. the mile, and I don't really have anything else planned. If I need to help a teammate, uh, then I'd do that. But I'm pretty low think, key indoors.
1: Do you think the Milrose mile will go under 350?
0: I'm sure it, it, it definitely has a possibility for sure. Do you, th- like what, do you think an American record? Last year? Yeah, think American, American, American record soft. Um, do I think Yared or Cole can do it? Yeah, I would say so. And it's it's shaping up to be a really good race. It's just like I have nothing to gain in that race. Like yeah. I out of the I two, they record. Like if I was yeah. to run the world record, I would that race would have to be set out for me. Like no one jumps in a race like that to run a world record. So true. Like, I don't know. Um out of Yared yeah.
1: and Cole, who do you think can break the American record?
0: Good question. Cole's been closer, but has never run a record in his life. Uh Yard ran the NCAA record, so he knows how to to do it. So I would say neither.
1: Okay.
0: Not joking, I don't know. No, don't no, really that's care. a good enough
1: answer. You don't gotta you don't gotta give a name to it. I no, like no I name
0: don't name. I, I just don't care enough. Um okay. if the American record is faster than the British record, then come talk to me. Um and then we can have Oof. a race.
1: Oof. Okay. That's about it. Well, well, I don't know what to say to that, then, folks. Uh, we're gonna tune into the tune into the next part of the episode. Um, do you have any more questions for me, Josh, or do you want to start going to some of these fan submitted questions? Because we got a whole lot of them.
0: I just have one more question for you, and all like right. I'm trying to take the point of view of like I obviously know a lot, or pretty much yeah. the answer to all the questions I've asked, and I can't believe you haven't got angry at me Yeah, I want you to get angry at me at some point.
1: No.
0: Um Why Nike?
1: Why Nike? I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be really transparent with that. Um, so through the process, I mean, like, there was someone that DM'd me like, didn't you talk a lot of shit about Nike over the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I'm not going to say that I didn't. Everything is a public record at this point. My podcast is a could probably hold up in court. So I can't really say that I didn't. Um, I wouldn't say talk shit fully. I would say that we just talked openly about how contracts and stipulations are different with every group and how there are pros and cons with everyone. There's definitely cons. The bigger the company, the more cons that could be seen because you're just a smaller piece to the puzzle. Um, Whereas Brooks, you are a really big piece. I mean, Josh, you're what, one of 10 elite athletes that they have? You're the only medalist that they have. Where I'm walking into a team where I'm the only one here that hasn't made a world championship team. Hasn't even, I mean, Olympic team. Well, I mean, I guess Donovan hasn't, but he has an American record and he's a world champion. So it's like, I know what I'm walking into. And when you, when you ask me why Nike, I went through conversations with other coaches. Um, I went through conversations with coaches in Arizona, in Boulder, in Baltimore, in Boston. And it was one of those things where I was, I was getting a lot of. Yeah. Answers like we could do this. We could do that. We could do this. And. As those conversations got more and more serious, it, what I what I came to find was I was more of a alternative option for them, where they were waiting for this to come through, or they're waiting to see where this person went, or they were waiting, and it just seemed to me that like my value to these groups and these companies, I felt was a lot. I felt like I could help a team out a lot. I mean, you know who I am as a person, uh, you know what I stand for, um, you kind of know what my aspirations and my work ethic are. I was like, I could see myself fitting into any team and making it better, and I'm confident in that. Where when I when I talked to Pete Julian on the phone, um, I talked to him pretty early in the process, and he just goes, "Didn't you run three thirty five, three fifty five, and thirteen twenty six last year?" I go, "Yeah." He's like, "Huh." I wonder. He's, he said, "He's like, I wonder what the standard is for Brooks. Like, he'd be curious to know what the standard was of, of why, and because even I think he was asking if I was like a bad person or if like something happened to result in in me getting released." Um, and then Pete just went ahead and said like, all right, well, let me know what time works for you. Like, come on down, like come down to Nike, come visit, let's meet, let's get lunch, let's just chat. And so I ended up doing that. And it's a lot easier being on the West Coast. I mean, I just drove three hours South and stayed with my fiance's family and went to Nike and and, and hung out with Pete and talked to him. But when you ask why Nike, um, it's actually because they're the only company that made a, an active investment into me. Time, resource, energy, coaching, team, they're the only coach company to give me a realistic option to continue pursuing my career and so it just coincided though with me wanting to be here first and foremost the most and like i'll be honest everybody like that's listening all the one people that are listening um josh challenged me for an hour uh actually 90 minutes on a long run he's like if you because i said um I, I gave you reasons on that long run. I said, "Oh, it's where Livy from. I, you know, she'll be taken care of when I'm at camps. Like, she'll have family and friends." And you're like, "Dave, that's pish." I, I, you said pish. I know you did. So that's pish reasons. I want I want you to go somewhere because you know you need to go there, or you or you want to go there. Why Why do you want to go to that group? And you you made me challenge myself and and really think introspectively on like these decisions that I was making. And I use that as as a resource looking forward else and elsewhere when i was talking to a company and they were thinking of signing an athlete that had um, a family tied to one of the coaches i go that's not a dynamic i want to be in like so i immediately told my agent i said let's pull out, pull my name out of that like if this is seriously the route they want to go and they want to bring family into this business i'm not going to do it like that does not sound good to me and so i chose i chose nike because nike sort of chose me and and i was able to have a really good great conversation with pete um, and Paul, uh, Paul Mosier on kind of the things that I am looking for and the things I'm trying to achieve. And I mean, it took longer than I thought it would, um, to kind of come together, but being at the time a 26 year old athlete, that's never made a world team that's transitioning groups. It's not easy to to sell yourself either. You actually need a coach and you need a group to believe in you. Um, and I felt it was, it was that with this group and, I've been here with the team now for nearly two weeks in Phoenix, and I I fucking love it. I I love the workouts. I love the mentality. I love the intensity. I love all the intricate little things of how the group works in terms of like strength and conditioning rehab. I have my own specific strength um, and conditioning exercises to do in the gym. Me, my own writing um, that they wrote for me because they can see how limited and weak my hips are, my stability are. Like, I look like I'm walking back and forth waddling like a penguin. You know, you've seen that. The first thing that we're doing is building it from the ground up. Like Pete said, he's like, this is a wax on, wax off approach. Like, this might be karate kid. You might not see the progress right now. He's like, you might run poor indoors. You might run poor this outdoors, but this is an investment and you have to be patient and know that like, there's going to be critics, but focus on you. We believe in you. We trust in you. And it, it was a very weird dynamic because that's not what I thought I was walking into. I thought I was walking into a little bit more cutthroat scenario, which I understand what I I walked into. I know where I'm at. Like I said, I know who's on the team. I know what they're capable of. I know what they've done. I know what I haven't done. That's motivation for me. I'm able to pick the brain of these athletes, and I'm able to work alongside these athletes and know, like, okay, I'm competing right now. I'm competing against with, like, I'm ready to compete. And that's what I think I lacked at Brooks was I'm I'm ready to compete. Right now, if you were to put me in a singleton race, I would, I would give it 100% of my all. And I'm excited to do that when I go to Lilac, and I believe that. So it's all talk until I, I put I put the put the singlet on and I race and spike up and 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 do it, but or just do it, I guess I could say. Um, but I I believe in myself here, and the coaches believe in me, and and I really 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 am thankful for this because this fall wasn't easy. So
0: so did you sign a a, a union contract or a Nike contract?
1: That's a that's a good question, Josh. Um, let's just call it a two part. Let's call it a, a combination. How long is it? I'm not going to go into the stipulation or duration. Much money are you um, <laughs> um, I'm
0: getting are you getting paid more or less. How about that? That's listen. I that's a good question. Are you getting what, paid what did, more or less money?
1: What What did Grant say uh, when he he was I guess on the podcast?
0: Uh, you said he said something like Skittles.
1: <laughs> yeah, they won't pay me more than Skittles. Um. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I'll just say that. I'm not worried about where I'm at, the weddings ago, We're not canceling the wedding. My life can go on. My li- life can move forward. I'm not going to give a specific number, but what I will say is the gear is phenomenal. The shirts are comfy. The shorts are comfy. The shoes are great. Like, man, that's just a pain in itself. I'm at a team camp. I'm. If,
0: if people see the video of this, they're going to see that you were in the exact same clothes that you were wearing in your intro video and the exact same clothes you were wearing in that photo that you took with Centro. No one is giving you more gear than a t-shirt and a hat. And I think it's <laughs> bullshit that you're just going to stand there and you're going to speak like you've just been kicked out. Oh, oh, just, did Centro oh, give, give you his dad's jumper? Did he, is that, is that <laughs> what's happening here? Like, what's <laughs> Like, what, are, what oh, sorry. I'm just in my here? super,
1: my super comfy, uh, Nike sweatshirt. You know, there's competitive brands to Nike that don't actually make, uh, comfy wear, they only make running wear. So Listen, here I am. A, a run really only brand
0: shirt. can, can focus on the runner. And you know that if you, mm. if you want to go across the board and think that mm, the, here you you're is, a number folks. one guy and, is. Like, running is a big priority for the brand, then you can pretend that that's okay. Mm. But there's a run only brand that is, is here to support their, handful of athletes and that's why wow. i wear this beautiful shirt right here
1: i can't even see the logo. logo it looks like it's peeling off it looks like it's getting it's getting worn no, off in the is dryer a every time. Do you have to air Do you have to air dry that do you have to hold it out a window so that the quality can maintain
0: how does the gear work for nike bro how does it work
1: well i don't know uh let's see let's think about my first day on the team oh i okay. worked out at the the headquarters had a good workout oh what i do right after that oh i was given uh, a comp pass to the employee store and i was just able to type in these little digit codes on checkout and a couple thousand dollars later walked out with my brand new things got olivia air force a couple thousand
0: dollars later what's that like a pair of shoes yeah about, i mean like when it's high quality
1: something? pro, when it's high quality product you got to know what you're dealing with um and then the team issue gear in itself is, a, is, is pretty <laughs> uh incredible in because i'm only wearing team gear like that's the cool thing about it like i have nike gear like i have the sweatshirt i have these pants, more things in the closet.
0: No more they things just, in the closet. That's what you have you There's have no Housy more Housy things pants. in the closet here. I'm going a a What yeah, do you wanna see? Hoodie and what some do you wanna see? It's fine, oh, it's here's okay. this.
1: Here's this. Oh, here's another nice white sweatshirt. Oh, here's oh you're gonna love this, Josh. Let me show you this really cool shirt. Yeah, everyone, you listening to the podcast. You can't actually see this, but if you're watching a video, if we post this, look at this cool shirt. This is David written all over it. It says Nike, but it's got a dragon, it's got claws. It's got a, a little dark elf on the front and a staff of power. Like there's only one.
0: T- there's only one way to end this argument. On Instagram, on that photo, what shoes you wearing?
1: Oh yeah, so I'm really no, no. I just want
0: to. I just want. Was it?
1: I was in the Hyperion.
0: Hyperion Elite 3s. So you can buy them on the website yeah. right now. Brookstone.com uh that's it that's all i want to ask there was no okay anything else.
1: yeah so what's really cool is i'm in an immersive environment where i'm allowed to sort of transition at my own pace because if, here's a crazy thing i was in brooks products for four years trusted and true they were great shoes great product right. but if i'm transitioning they were and i'm transitioning into new product we're not trying to do a full cold turkey sending because the number one priority is if i go into and it's not because they're lesser shoes it's because they're better shoes i just need to make sure that my body's capable of transitioning into these um you're a yeah our, num- our, our number one priority is to make sure that i'm healthy and, and my lower extremities are healthy yeah i'm so. sure
0: nike's loving that you're running around on instagram with brook's shoes on
1: all right so i texted matt that was a really stupid post by him he made me look like an absolute idiot a lot of people dm'd me i know what shoes i was in um <laughs> but the thing is is there was this weird dynamic where I needed to be in heavier shoes. So Matt could kind of put my, put himself out in front of me and then I had to work harder in the shoes that I was in to catch him. That's really mm. what it was. Yeah, Are you okay with fair. that answer?
0: Yeah, that works.
1: I needed the heavier, clunkier shoe that makes me slide if it's raining.
0: Yeah. It was oil on the road.
1: <laughs> All right. Do you want to get into some of these uh, questions on the, on uh, the, the yeah, Instagram? Yeah. Cause it's definitely going to be more banterish. Do okay uh, i'll just start with one uh vapor flies or hyperians <laughs> uh vapor flies
0: I, I mean hyperians obviously every day i've never is, even tried the other ones that's how much i care about them
1: is josh dodging ollie at no
0: i think i answered that like i i'm not here to pace like because they're going for records right so it's like yeah I have my record, so I, it's not really set up for me to go yeah. out and race those guys. Those guys are there to time trial, so yeah. No, I'm I'm not. He beat me last year. That's that's not something I'm hiding away from. But uh, you know, there was one person that did better at World Championships, and that was me.
1: Yeah, Commonwealth was a good race too. We should talk about that. Mid major,
0: a um, mid major. Sure. <laughs> yeah,
1: the minor league. Um, how has Josh taken the news of your change of teams? How are you taking it, Josh?
0: Fine. I'm okay. okay do, you want
1: to get- <laughs> do you want to ask some questions?
0: Uh I don't have them in front of me. Okay.
1: How's my long hair looking, Josh?
0: I like to bald, but that's just me.
1: Here, I'll keep asking while you um why did David leave Brooks? Brooks left me. <laughs> um <laughs> How long oh. have you genuinely known was this was coming or was it not a done deal? Um I would say that when I had my first conversation with Pete, I knew it was gonna come together. Um I did it within the 90 day window of my contract ending. And I, I like Josh and I said, like I was notified in September that my Brooks contract was up. And so immediately from day one, I I went on and um made the decision to move forward. But actually I'm gonna be I'm gonna be transparent with everybody. Um I'm not gonna make it sound like it was all easy and it was all fun. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up. I journaled the day and I've been journaling through the fall. I'm actually gonna read if you're all right with this, Josh. I'm gonna read yeah. this this paragraph for everybody. Cause this is honestly what this is this is what I felt. Um so it was nine, it was September twenty-seventh, twenty twenty two. Um and I literally just titled the top of the page cut. Um, Today is a weird, unexpected day. I went into today's phone call with anticipation, excitement, and a fire that I have not had at this level of athletics, but all of that changed when I was notified I wasn't getting re-signed. My contract had two option years, starting 2023 and 2024. I was earning peanuts in comparison to a billion-dollar company, but their decision stands that I am released. I failed in a variety of ways this year, and I'm aware of that. What I wasn't aware of was that my efforts moving forward would go unrewarded. I planned on starting this journal, which I've been journaling since on October 10th, but it seems like today is, is as good as day to put my thoughts down as any. I am scared, that is for sure. I have a wedding in 367 days, and I will have no form of income as of January 1. I don't know what the future holds as of right now. I'm only sort of shocked and grieving from the news. It's like a bad breakup. However, for some reason, this feels deep down like something could happen, uh something good could happen from this. I don't know what the future holds for me, but what I do know is that I'm tired of having the sport break my heart, and when I have my breakthrough, I'll be crying very different tears than the ones that I've been crying for the last two years after bad performances. The price of a dream is performance, and if you can't perform, you can't compete. I am a quote-unquote good person, a quote-unquote good teammate, quote-unquote so loved and respected, and all those things may be genuine and true, but those apparently do not pay the bills. Danny has invited me to practice with the team through the fall to build into a competitive indoor season, and at this time, it sounds enticing, but I need to take a step back and think through the hard decisions I have to make. My back is against the wall, and I need to fight my way out of the corner. I can't imagine this is the end of my career, but at this time, it is probably safe to say that I will never toe the line in a Brooks singlet again. I am sad, I am scared, I am anxious, um, but for what has come, um, by no means am I broken." I am strong, I am confident, and if this is the way I must move, I have to be ready and I must move forward. Godspeed to the nice guys. So I wrote that like maybe within the hour of getting notified. So that was probably the realest journal entry that I could probably have ever written in the moment. Um and like I've known that something was coming my way for a while, but like, man, that. You saw me day of, Josh, you were, you were a huge impact in making sure that I was mentally okay and sound. And you even said, like, this is going to benefit me from a performance perspective, from a training perspective, from a life perspective. Like, whether you believe that or not at the time, like, just the reassurance and the person that you are for me it was very important. Because, I mean, I asked you to be in my wedding the, the day before that. And in that card, I said, like, our friendship on the day-to-day, pretty pissed, you know? We don't have to talk to one another. We don't really you know, it is what it is, but when it comes to these really, really highs or these really, really lows, like you're someone that I always want there in that corner and, and batting for me and and there for me. And just so happened that as I gave you that card on the 26th, on the 27th, there I am in the darkest part of my pro career with Brooks. And so it still holds true to that. Like I, I really, really do value and and trust you and, and appreciate you for who you are and what you've done for me um, as a teammate, as a competitor. And, and now when we're Towing the line in a race, whether it be, um, uh, silver label meet, uh, or world championship, hopefully like that, that's the point that I want to get to is that we we're able to compete and, and genuinely believe in one another because I've always genuinely believed in your career. And Yeah. I think, I thank you for the, the impact that you've had online. Um, so yeah, for all those that like see the happy posts that see, that see the cool new video that's dropped of me. Like, yeah, that's great. That's definitely something to take away that like, oh yeah, this is dope, but by no means change easy. And so it's like these four months have been hard and they've been lonely and they've been difficult in just navigating what's to come. I even made a resume and made a LinkedIn profile. Like I didn't know if I was going to continue running even. It it was one of those things where I I assumed I would, I thought I would, but when things were coming together, I had to really be realistic. Um, And And when it comes to being transparent and being open, like there's going to be something that comes from this podcast. Someone's probably going to go to let's run. Someone's probably going to comment. Like the post of me signing with the team was sent over 600 times to other people. I have that stat, 600 people sent that out to other people. They could have included positive things. They could have included negative things. They could have included very neutral things. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. So what I'm getting to is Whatever you're trying to pursue in your life, there's always going to be critics, there's going to be praisers, there's going to be doubters, but you need to just really stay true to yourself and, and ignore all that because that's all background noise. The biggest noise that you can make, honestly, is the noise that'll be made when you win, the noise that'll be made when you succeed, the noise when you made, that'll be made from your family, from your loved ones. Like the noise that I really truly care about are those that are very, very close to me. I don't care what anybody else thinks. People know who I am. People know what I stand for. So just be true to yourself and those that are very close to you. Um, because that's what matters. Internet doesn't matter. Forums don't matter. Instagram literally is a joke. Like, just be who you are and and trust that the people around you are going to take care of you. So anyway, what were we on?
0: It was very well said. Dave. You know, people root for the good guy. I think you've been honest and very transparent in the way that you've dealt with things and and the highs and lows that just make you very relatable as a person. So you're you're very easy to to root for you know and i think that's across the board from a even a competitor standpoint like um and hopefully the standpoint from outsiders is like you're the guy that everyone wants to You know, do like slay the dragon and do like do the thing that you've always wanted to do, which is like make a team and and go and challenge for medals. And I think when that time comes for you, it's going to be a a pretty awesome moment because you're going to realize how many people are rooting for you for doing that. And, you know, you might not have done everything you want to do yet. But again, I think it's a, a start of a new chapter and something that, you know, if you were continue with Brooks, I don't know how much the story would have changed. But now that something's different and something's changed, I think you're really gonna see something different. is it positive, is it negative, we don't know yet. You just gotta figure that the fuck out. That's yeah. that's your job. That's on you. Um but well, I'm this, excited this, to continue yeah. to watch on the journey.
1: I appreciate that. Let's keep let's keep the responses rolling because they'll yeah. they'll be a little bit lighter of a tone. And I'm getting too hot in this nice, Nike comfy sweatshirt and oh god this shirt too you, you got know a rash, I, almost sweat, I almost sweat through that i one can see you
0: like is it like an itchy rash all down that why it's oh
1: yeah it, it's called um nice fabric it's called uh pure cashmere um here let me put on another shirt man I'm, I'm just super sorry i just need to change my shirt for the episode because you know it's just oh 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 oh, oh sorry okay what were you saying oh uh, is that is cool. that common men sizes or <laughs> get the hell out of here josh okay uh uh when will you transition to nike sorry you wearing brooks on central's insta you know here's here's, here's <laughs> maybe i wrote that maybe you wrote that no that came from handy dandy buckaroo no you know that came that was a different question from that guy handy dandy buckaroo that's a good uh name uh here, here's a crazy thing we talked a lot of shit about centrum josh this might piss you off cool dude I like him. I know
0: he's a cool dude. I've spent a bit of time with him. What do you mean talk shit? Cool. When did I talk shit about Centro? I just told him that he's never beaten me before.
1: Everybody clip that. Okay. Do you have do you have the questions up or no?
0: I don't have on Instagram.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm going to keep rolling through questions, Josh, but you're going to have to um uh, <laughs> answer this. Or answer these. Who's the better gamer? Gamer? Yeah.
0: Like on Xbox and
1: such? Sure. Then you. But in races? you all right thanks how does josh you're joking how does josh feel about a dang 40 something dude beating him over 13.1 miles
0: wild absolutely wild i mean i was nowhere near him from like mile one they took off i just (laughs) i kind of forgot that they were there until we did a hairpin turn near the end
1: how many minutes did it take for uac to kick david out of their group chat (laughs) leave that one blank um what field <laughs> David's the David admin
0: for to? the beast group chat.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What happened when I left the team? Did the whole did the whole group chat for that thing just end? Yeah, I guess we had to start a new one, eh? What field event is David going to do at the Nike filler meet? Um Javelin, actually. I threw like 97 meters in the javelin in high school. No we 97 did. feet. 97 feet. Oh okay. <laughs> 90, Ninety-seven meters. Jeez, that'd be wicked. Um <laughs> What will Dave title this chapter of his life in his next book? Um, Just did it.
0: Just did it? Really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because when I'm done with it, I've done it. Searching um, for an
0: extra small. That's what you'll be saying.
1: <laughs> will the podcast continue? Josh, what are you thinking?
0: Listen, I'm enjoying this conversation. I, I want to like, listen, if this is the, if this is a way that we catch up on, on a biweekly basis, then maybe this is what we do.
1: <laughs> if this is the way that we remain friends, yeah. <laughs> uh, can we liquidate the bank account though? Might might be a struggling athlete over here.
0: You can take some money out of it.
1: Uh, no, I do not believe this is the last episode. No. Uh, how many burritos are provided? Wrong group. Um. Is it? Don't even get me started on the differences. Which beast do you think Josh will try to replace you with? Is there any beast I can even be who I am? no no well, did you hear that folks i was just about
0: to say something but i'm not allowed that, to
1: that news isn't broken yet is it
0: no um, but no never never did never 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 i can only deal with one of you
1: <laughs> you feel a type of way going to nike since nike is a little controversial i'll answer that um honestly i think it's
0: controversial that you said the way that you said controversial.
1: Wait, controversial? Controversial? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I'm wrong. Communication degree. Oh, um yeah. Well, here maybe I, maybe I'm the the incentive of Nike to pick up a good guy and change change what your view is.
0: Maybe you're the scapegoat.
1: <laughs> maybe I'm the scapegoat. Can you give me a goat sound, Josh?
0: Um, you're you're listening to him.
1: Uh, what is oh, come on? I'm on? not getting that. No, you're not getting that. I wanted to hear kind of I am the goat. Greatest of athletic times. Greatest of allergic times. Allergic to peanuts. Boom, roasted, roasted nuts. Um, what's your opinion on Coffee Club?
0: Repetitive. I think, I haven't, I tell you what, if they did um, timestamps, I don't know if they do, but I know they didn't, they didn't used to a while ago, but if they did, I would listen to some of it, because I know they talk a lot of shit, and I kind of want to hear yeah. that, but I don't want to listen to all of it, but I think it is very entertaining, Um, but from a, from my perspective, I, I wouldn't want to listen to all of it, same way as like, our teammates wouldn't want to listen to all of our podcasts sometimes. Yeah. If they timestamped it, I would listen to more of it. But I think it is entertaining.
1: Definitely. I do too. It's repetitive. They post too often. They engage too much with their audience. It's just, you know, they're just it's a lucrative business, folks. <laughs> Looks like Nike got third string Craig Angles. They I still have a
0: first string Craig Angles.
1: I know. Who's the second string?
0: Um, have you ever seen fat Craig Angles? No. No. He's Danish, I believe. If you want to look on Instagram, his name is Fat Craig Angles, and he looks exactly like Angles, and he's fat. It's pretty hilarious. So I would put him at number two. Machine Gun Kelly probably
1: number three. <laughs> um, there's a lot of. Does it feel liberating to eat peanut butter at practice now? Oh my god, I'm a new man. That's why I'm. Do you so genuinely successful.
0: eat peanuts now? That's actually horrible.
1: No, I don't, Josh. I still say true to our friendship. It's I would disgusting.
0: never.
1: Um, why haven't we got the podcast recorded on November second? Or man, you were good. Um, it's because we were going to do it as a video piece, and it never came through on the laptop, so we just never posted it. Um, and I was also in a very vulnerable time in my life, and I felt as though no news is good news, so I just continued to be a little hermit. Um, so you've got it's one funny. now, folks. Dave finally beat josh that'll be the day that'll be the superior brand the day that i beat josh
0: the day you beat me i'll put a nike single on
1: oh okay you heard it here folks
0: actually that's definitely against contract
1: <laughs> <laughs> um what will you miss most about brooks honestly the lunches oh
0: dude the lunches have been hitting <laughs> hard too oh man so dude, I, I got down
1: to like only like twenty bucks left on my card. I hit it so hard this fall when I was still walking in there as a Brooks athlete. It's nice. Yeah. Um. Well, I'll I'll miss I'll miss like I said the the family the aspect. It was good. Yeah, but I'll get to see him on the circuit all the time, so I'm not too worried about it. What are you running at lilac? Like? Um. I'm in the 15 and the 3k. So, both? No. We'll We'll figure it out when we get closer. So I'm you're either going to go up
0: against Zay or Henry.
1: Yep. Are you nervous? I told – no, not at all. I'm going to flex. Okay. No, I'm not nervous at all, actually. I'm looking forward to it.
0: What would you rather do?
1: I think I'm more competitive than the 15. I had a good workout on Tuesday. I think that kind of shows good enough 15 pace for where we are in the year. But we got the questions answered. Um uh, The biggest question that everybody would love to know is if the podcast will continue folks, it will regular scheduled program. It's going to be really hard to tell. The reality is, is Josh and I, like we said earlier, we're focusing on our career and we want our careers to define by our careers. And I certainly don't want my career to be defined by talking about other people's careers. And so I know there will be a time in my life where that is my job and is my career. And I look forward to that. But for right now, folks, it's safe to say the podcast is still a go, but we are not going to be prioritizing it in the same way with scheduled guests, scheduled episodes. If we come back after Milrose, if we come out back after Dave makes a world team, an Olympic team, hell yeah, let's do it. But the biggest focus that we want right now is to get ready for us both becoming married men. Not to one another, which would be great. Very, very great partnership. A, a slow, meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's got to go now. Or with Josh Kerr. I'm David Rivage. Josh Kerr. David Rivage. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest 2 1500 meters. Josh run. Kerr on the outside, and way up front now is David Rivage. <laughs>